This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm Mariah Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today Dr. Stanley Williams, Director of Integrative Health at the Harris Center for Mental Health Houston. Dr. Williams, it's very nice to have you on the podcast today. To get us started, would you mind please introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Yes, I'm, I'm very excited to be here um, on, on this call with you, Mariah. I'm Dr. Stanley Williams. I have a PhD in psychology, a master's in counseling, a bachelor's in healthcare management. I worked in um, different places like Georgia. I worked with the Carter Center, with the Georgia Association of Primary Health Centers. I was facilitating uh, integrated health with F2AC partners with mental health centers. Um, I've worked in mental health, both private and public, and also private practice, also teach. And um, you know, see myself sort of as a thought leader in senior management and developing integrated systems of care. Perfect. Thank you so much for giving us that background. So to jump right into our conversation today, you hear a lot about value-based care when it comes to hospitals, but can you provide an overview for us as it relates to community-based behavioral health? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Ryan. So when you think about... Um, you know, uh, community mental health, uh, community behavioral health services. Um, a lot of a lot of those facilities operate um, from a fee for service, uh, kind of a traditional payment model where the providers are reimbursed for each individual served. Uh, they deliver uh, to a patient, and so uh, under that construct, um, the uh, provider receives payment based on the uh, quantity of services rendered. Um, not necessarily based on quality or outcomes achieved. And even though a lot of like um, state organizations or semi-state organizations, um, uh, we we have a contract with the uh, state of Texas and uh, we have some additional outcomes, but for the most part, traditional models really just um, are based on that fee-for-service model uh, associated with quantity of services. Now, uh, compare that to value-based um, care uh, it's a payment model that focuses more on achieving uh, better outcomes for the patient. And so, you know, you're looking at different types of measures uh, to try to get certain points. A lot of times the value-based care is connected with a managed care company in terms of a partner, and uh, you're really focused on um, uh, quality of care. Wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us that insight. Um, the discussion mentions the, the challenges in uh, transitioning from a fee-for-service model to value-based uh, value model. Can you elaborate on these challenges and how healthcare organizations can address them effectively? Yes. Um, so when you, when you think about um, transitioning to, um, from a fee-for-service to a value-based model, there's some real, um, you know, Serious challenges, I think, um, within traditional mental health centers when you think about um, do you have a, you know, change management capacity? And that's a whole methodology of how do you move an organization um, from doing one type of service and 
uh, transforming them to a different type of way of delivering services as I explained earlier from fees uh, fee-for-service versus value-based care. And, um, and that creates some real challenges. Uh, for instance, like, um, you know, in traditional models, um, they may not look at claims data or population health um, kind of management where you look at populations. And a lot of that has to do with another challenge of not having access to uh, data. Um, oftentimes the data is really related to um, you know, people served, the diagnosis, and so forth. It may not get into um, data such as claims data, which a lot of mental health centers may not have access to, and that's where managed care companies come in, where they can help support that to be able to provide claims data in a partnership um, because that's actionable data. So if a person uh, was not um, taking their medications, you'll know through the claims data if they didn't get a refill. That's a good example for that. And so there's some other challenges associated with it is where traditional mental health centers have maybe looked at just pathology or, or um, diagnosis in terms of mental illness, and they may not look at a whole care approach uh, that begins to look at um, non-medical drivers or social determinants of health um, that actually impact uh, overall wellness. Got it, got it. Thank you so much for explaining that. Um, switching over a little bit, the partnership between the Harris Center and Optum is highlighted as a very successful example of collaboration revolutionizing behavioral health care, um, which is absolutely amazing. What specific strategies or tools have contributed to the success of this partnership? I think a big part of that is understanding our why, and, and we actually worked with uh, Optum on understanding the why. and. Uh, for example, the National Association of State Mental Health Program Directors has some, some fascinating data out that talks about that people with se severe or serious mental illness die 25 years earlier than the general population. Um, and two-thirds of that premature deaths are due to preventable, treatable medical conditions that are underserved or undertreated by this population. Uh, related to uh, cardiovascular or infectious diseases, diseases. A number of this population have real challenges also with like high blood pressure, BMI, and so forth. And so in sitting down with, um, with Optum, we were able to kind of look at some of that data. Uh, for instance, folks with um, like arthritis or asthma, um, you know, when you look at their annual cost of care, um, if you add a mental health condition, it um, multiplies, um, sometimes triples in terms of the cost of care. Um, sometimes the mental health centers may not even look at that. And so in our conversations with Optum, we also recognize that it's, it's a, um, a patient experience challenge. You know, when you think about having to go to the hospital, um, well, you don't have to go to the hospital if you sort of do these kind of upstream models and looking at social determinants. And so uh, talking with um, Optum, they kind of shared with us this model that actually came from the Affordable Care Act. Um, it talks about uh, behavioral health homes. And so that's kind of the model that we developed with them of a behavioral health model um, through a kind of a health home. And within the health home, we look at these different measures some of those measures include what we call um, HEDIS measures. Those are healthcare effectiveness 
data uh, and information sets. And so you look at things like seven-day and 30-day follow-up at the hospital, um, all cause readmissions. Uh, it means that you do a upstream kind of diabetes screening uh, on people with schizophrenia. And all those kind of things helps us to improve the overall wellness with the individual. And um, so that's been very important for us to, to be able to have access to data through, uh, through Optum's uh, portal that gives us that claims data to see where people are at in their overall care. And then we dispatch our care navigators, which we had to train differently, uh, to be able to have some actionable data um, and actually look at care pathways to actually improve that data. Got it. Got it. Thank you so much for explaining that. And, you know, you emphasize the importance of addressing social um, determinants of health and value-based care. Can you share examples of how this approach has positively impacted patient outcomes and behavioral health? Yeah, so social determinants of health, and in Texas we call them non-medical drivers. Um, there was some research that came out that said that um, these factors actually um, you know, impact overall wellness and is one of the main reasons for a poor health status for folks. And, and when you think about these drivers of poor health, these are kind of everyday kind of lived experiences that we have. Like, for instance, do we have transportation to go from point A to point B? Well, you know, folks um, with poor um, access to care uh, means that they don't meet with their provider, uh, either primary care or behavioral health. Um, that means they don't get their medication refilled. It means that their conditions get poor. Um, also a big area when you look at um, these determinants has to do like with food insecurity. So we found out a lot of our clients um, don't have access to um, high quality food, you know, um, vegetables and so forth. and. Some actually live in food deserts, you know, where there's only convenience stores that have, um, you know, food that has high as sodium or sugar content in it, and folks will gain weight uh, from that. Well, when you think about taking a psychiatric medication, um, sometimes those psychotropic medications actually increase your weight. Um, you add on top of that sodium and, you know, <laughs> foods with high sugar content, um, and, and then you're going to actually gain either more weight um, or it's going to affect things like your blood pressure and uh, your overall BMI. And so these types of things that actually have impacted, um, you know, folks with mental health conditions is one of the reasons why they die earlier than a than the general population. And so for us, we want to be able to look at a whole care approach, not just a specialty care approach of just looking at the diagnosis or with the pathology of mental illness. Thank you so much for giving us that insight. And doctor, before I let you go, the last thing that I wanted to ask you is, looking ahead, what do you believe are the key steps and considerations for healthcare providers and organizations really looking to fully embrace an integrated health approach to value-based care um, in the behavioral health sector? Yes, Mariah, that's a, a really good question about looking ahead. I, I believe that um, you have to know your why. I, I think you have to take a step back and as an organization and look at do we want to do just specialty care, uh, knowing that uh, our population with severe uh, mental illness died 25 years um, 
earlier than the general population because of untreated health conditions, or do you want to do kind of this whole care approach? And so that's your why, and then looking at some of the data that I had mentioned earlier. Um, what it means also is that you have the capacity for change management. Are you able to work with your team and identify champions and create care pathways um, that are associated with those EDIS measures and being able to look at um, the client satisfaction in terms of are they improving their condition? Um, do they feel like it's a better situation for them? Um, in addition to retaining, um, retraining the, um, the care coordinators, um, you have to have kind of the, that methodology of looking at data and being able to make um, decisions, clinical decisions based on data um, associated with um, what you're able to get through a, a portal like we were able to get from, uh, from Optum to be able to look at are they actually improving. And then when you identify some of those risks, uh, are you able to dispatch your team uh, to begin to look at things related to health coaching, begin to address those uh, gaps in social determinants and lowering um, those uh, non-medical drivers? Um, are you able to do kind of that integrated care management approach um, and incorporating uh, a whole care approach to individuals? Thank you so much, doctor, for your final thoughts and for your time today. This has definitely been an amazing and informative, informative discussion. So again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Becker's Healthcare. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.